Welcome back to the Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And this week, we're coming to get you, Barbara. We watched Night of the Living Dead, and we're going to talk about it. But before we do, how was your week? My week was, it, it went pretty good. I, this is probably the last week I get just recovering at home. Yes. I'm going to move on to do, uh, I think, four-hour shifts at, at my job. Yep. We're going to try and get you back uh, to work. Lord willing, starting today. I'm kind of excited for it. I really want to get back to work. Yeah. Because it actually puts a lot of, like, a framework around my day where I know where I'm going and what I'm doing, and and the money will help. The money will help. We don't but, hate that. But, yeah, I, it's just it's a big transition. We spent uh, yesterday... I went out grocery shopping yep. with you and our roommate. And um, and we went for a walk. And we went for a walk. So it was actually very nice. I'm a little sore from the walk, but overall I'm very, I'm in a good mood and a good place to start working again. Yay! What about you? It's my birthday! Yes, it is. We're doing an early morning record on a Monday morning, and mm-hmm. that is a Monday the 4th of April, 2022. Happy and birthday. I turned 42 today. And Ziggy wants to say hello, so she's going to continue talking through this recording. So, it is what it is. I'm going to do my best to get her out of it, but she's talking. So, uh, yeah, so week's good. Uh, went for a walk with you yesterday. Yeah. It was good, and I realized I need to move my body more. So, we're going to try and do that. I will go yes. on your walks with you. Uh, only good can come of that, uh, says every part of me but my joints, which say, no, don't do it. Uh, and that is precisely what we need to avoid. So, uh, yeah, having a good week so far. Having a noisy companion, right. but a good week. And uh, hopefully th- today goes well for you. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. We're starting. We're starting on the road to recovery. You want to come up? She's an incredibly noisy cat. She is. She didn't used to be. Her brother died and then... She found her voice, and her voice is so loud and so weird. So let's see if being on my lap keeps her quiet. It sounds like a tiny siren. She does sound like a siren. Sometimes she just squeaks and doesn't meow all the way. So I did just spray her, so she's mad, but also wants to sit with me. So it's weird, and I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with her. But... So, do you want to talk about this movie? Sure. Let's start with George Romero. What do we know? George Romero, I know that he is, when he did this film, he was working for an industrial film company. Um, It was called, let's see if I remember what it was. He was in Pennsylvania. He was doing uh, stuff, uh, commercials and industrial films. For a company called The Latent Image, which he had with two other friends. Yeah. And uh, they decided that they were just really tired of doing these kinds of things. It's like, you know, uh, including, uh, it's very funny to think, he was making the kind of industrial films you saw on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I was going to say, I'm seeing that he worked on the the video where Mr. Rogers had a tonsillectomy, which I did not know that video. The only, the one that I uh-huh. remember specifically from Mr. Rogers, I feel like I saw a million times was the crayon factory. Yeah. There was a they went to a crayon factory and showed you how the crayons were made, which is why when how how does how it's made, that uh-huh. show how it's made came out, I was like, Oh 
my dreams have come true and I've got to see things built in the factory. I do like that show very much. I also like the naming conventions of that show where if you, f- if you see the episode and what is made is a loot mattress springs and, you know, car fenders, the title of the show is loot mattress springs car fenders. <laughs> they don't <laughs> sugarcoat it in any way. They're like, look, this is what it is. Right. Uh, You're not going to be clever about it. So, yeah. So then they changed the name of that company to... Latent Image, I believe. Image 10 Productions. Oh, Image 10 Productions. And that, that is the production company that uh, produced this movie, uh, which we did note when we were watching it, like, the same names were just over and over again in right. the credits because it was not him and nine friends so ten people yeah, it was, movie, uh, I think the actors were the the outside talent right. and for the most part they were just um, from what I understand is they were doing everything from loading the film magazines into the, the camera they were uh, changing out the film, getting it developed cleaning the film uh, it's it's really strange how the, and I like stories like that where people come together. Also, a lot of, of, of also they were all in charge of the makeup, right? The costumes, the set design. Yeah, what what of that there was? Um, the, there's two sets in this movie, or there's two you know areas in this movie: the cemetery and the house, <laughs> and that's it because they didn't have a lot of money. They made this movie for $112,000, which is a lot of money at the time, and largely probably because they didn't just hire their friends who they paid with sandwiches. They paid real actors to be mm. in this thing. Uh, I'm While we go through the summary or the synopsis, I'm going to stumble a bit, um, largely because I don't know what any of these characters' names are. Okay. I know two of the characters' names. So I'm going to follow the Wikipedia and go through. We'll go through each of them as we meet them. And then I'm going to call them something terrible right. in, in the meantime, probably. So uh, that's going to be my issue. Now, Night of the Living Dead was released in 1968. And it made $12 million off of a $125,000 yeah. uh, budget. And... It is one of, I, I would guess, a prototype for, hey, horror movies, make them cheap. They make all the money in the world. Enter Jason Blum, the richest producer in Hollywood these this is, days. This is um, the problem. And James Wan. Right. The problem with the movies that came afterwards, because it's 68, and then we go into the 70s, and you get these horrible horror movies. And they seem to want it to have the same level of success and they thought the level of success was due to the amount of gore or things that people hadn't seen on the screen before. Night of the Living Dead is a very tightly packed and very suspenseful Something film. is happening every three minutes. Right. And, and that might be even too far apart. The movie is not long. It's like mm-hmm. 97 minutes long. Is this the first zombie movie? It is not, right? Yeah. But it is the first movie it's not, okay. that we think of as a zombie It's the movie. first zombie movie because in this respect, as I've mentioned, me being irritable, yeah. is that uh, the zombie that it's depicting is not a zombie. The, the, word, zombie the word zombie has been co-opted. Very specific. Yes. Um, 
uh, he preferred to call them ghouls because technically that's what they are. Gotcha. A ghoul is a creature from uh, pre-Muslim Arabic mythology that eats corpses. Okay. Is it a corpse itself? It is some kind. It's never defined if it's a spirit or a ghost or even a like a possessed human being. But it, you know, like sort of the stories of the Wendigo, right? At at times it's a possessed person. At times it's a creature. There wasn't a really clear definition of it because different stories come up with different versions of it. Um, but he called them ghouls. Uh, George Romero. Right. So Val Luton's "I Walked as a Zombie" predates this film, right? Yes. So that's. And that's an actual zombie. An actual zombie. And that is someone who's been hypnotized? Is that more there, there's, accurate? Yeah, but there's actual zombies in the film, too. At least there's one... When you say actual zombie, what do you okay. mean by that? In the film, um, they go to a voodoo ceremony, and there's... Uh, I can't remember the actor's name. He's very that's tall, African-American no. actor. And he plays the zombie guard to the home fort, where the zombie rituals are held. And he's very impressive. I, he looks like he's about, he's very gaunt and he's about six foot five, maybe. Um, and he doesn't blink, which I don't know how they manage that. But uh, he's like the zombie who shows up in the film who you know is actually a zombie. But what is a zombie when okay. you're talking about these zombie, aren't zombies? What okay. is a zombie? A zombie also in Haitian mythology is a person who's been. Poisoned and brought back for the purpose of being manual labor. So like a human golem. So it is a it is a form that takes the 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 shape of a person because it is a corpse of a person that has been reanimated to do your bidding. So zombies are what a necromancer would use or that's why they they have such an they're impervious to pain for the most part. I think the only way that you kill them, if I remember correctly, is you have to creep up on them when they're asleep because they have to rest certain hours of the day and pack their mouth with salt and sew it shut. Oh, interesting. Well, and that feels, that feels familiar to, quote, voodoo dolls voodoo, right. and that. Right. And that's because that's where it comes from. Yeah. The Afro-Caribbean yeah. melange mm. <laughs> that, that built that. But in popular culture today, popular culture today, George Romero has right. taken, even though he didn't want to, right. he didn't do it himself, has taken what a zombie is, and now it is an undead, reanimated of its own accord, or mm. of un, of the, of the accord of whatever's in it. If there, there's a parasite, there's a, and then it goes and attacks others, and ostensibly would then eat eat them, right? Even though they can't digest anything because they are dead uh and then in the 2000s i don't know if danny boyle was the first one to do it but then we started getting the disease zombie. disease zombie mm-hmm. the they're not dead they're sick they're typically fast the fast they're zombie. having a medical emergency not having a medical emergency uh-huh. that is going to result in them i either just Attacking and killing you, mm-hmm. or attacking and killing, and then trying to eat nom nom right. you. So, the so this is um, twenty eight days later. Uh, World War Z. The crazies. World War Z. Yeah. yeah, the crazies was interesting. That that was George Romero's other film. Yes, he made that a few years after this one. And oh, I'm thinking of the remake of it because yeah. I've never seen the original. The, the original one is 
sort of like Night of the Living Dead in that it's made with his friends and mm-hmm. a cast of like he. Uh, I feel like he like Sam Raimi, even as he did uh-huh. get more and more money from other areas, he still ha- worked with his friends. Right. Because why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. But uh, he, uh, the craziest, the original, which I've seen, is a film about. Well, it's the same plot as the the uh, the remake, which is. A nerve gas gets released. Everyone's driven to this sort of like so. In in, in essence, he invented that kind of uh, he invented quote both unquote, zombies kinds too. of yeah zombies. And there is in the horror community and amongst nerds across this great land uh, discussion as to what makes a zombie. Mm-hmm. And I think we can call all things zombies as long as we inside of our fiction. Determine what that means. Yes, address I, the fact that it's what not a I want patient is zombie. On The Walking Dead, I want all of those things. They mm-hmm. call them walkers. And that's the other thing. I am not enamored of modern stories that call them by some other term. Right. It bothers me. A, are you telling me you don't have the media that we have? If that's true, that's fine. Um, you know, we just watched a piece of Shaun of the Dead, which is a film I've never seen. Right. Uh, where he was like, don't say the Z word. It sounds so stupid. And I'm like, yes, but it also makes everyone understand what the fuck is happening well, here. The fact that he even says don't say the Z word is enough to let you know. He said the Z word Z because word. it is British. <laughs> I also liked uh, his his, uh, his joke when he's going to go. Re- well, the joke yes. is um, yes. go rescue your mother and his friend shouts on the phone, we're coming to get you, Barbara, because that's her name. Because <laughs> that's her name, Which yeah. I thought was hysterical. Which is a, just a throwback to this movie. And um, what else do we want to say about zombies? Are we a fan of zombie films, typically? I, I'm not, because I... Uh, it's. I think there's been a change. I, I mentioned this at one point. As, as a religious person, there was once a horror of things coming from outside to get you, I think zombies took over after the culture became less religious, and your biggest fear was just dying and rotting away. Oh, really? I, it seems I, to me like a of a piece with a body snatcher right. situation, fear, right? Where the monsters are your family. What, which it, Come through. Don't just stop. <laughs> Come through. Which, in my case, turned out to be you know, true. Um, the, I think, yeah, because I feel like it's the biggest fear of people nowadays tends to be you're faced with your own mortality. That is absolutely the biggest fear. I saw, just read a, an article that they may, they, they turn liberal people more conservative mm-hmm. by making them think about their own death before they answer a bunch of questions. Right. That's what makes you more conservative. So. And also it's just gross. <laughs> <laughs> what like death? Well, like, not death. Bo- it's, the the body, it's, the human body, is a disgusting. the human body in corruption is disgusting. And the human body on its best day isn't not disgusting. Well, it depends on the body. Although, like having been through surgery now, I'm looking at myself in the mirror with this huge scar down my back, going, "Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm I look like Frankenstein now, at least from the back." Uh no. <laughs> 
I have a, I got stem, I got cut across my throat. <laughs> That's where my scar is. In but, my, on my face, you can see it when you look at me in the face. That just makes you look tough. Like, yeah, sure. And I survived, you know. Yeah, so does yours. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's just, to me, that whole kind of separating leaking which is the same thing actually yes those words are synonym <laughs> um it just feels it looks gross it, it, yeah yeah no human bodies are weird uh-huh. uh yeah and decaying human bodies are worse <laughs> and non-decaying so do bodies. you like them or do you um i do enjoy uh, media use uh, that that talks about zombies. I prefer usually the fast zombie type mm-hmm. because a lot of times that means there's an illness and there could be a cure. Right. Uh, I am a person who, when looking at a post-apocalyptic situation, I'm pretty pragmatic about my own survival. Like, not oh, I could never survive, or I. But, like, w- why, if there are 45 people left on the planet and they are terrorized constantly, mm-hmm. I don't need to be one of those 45 well, people. It's fine if I just go ahead and die. If there's going to be a nuclear fallout and most people are going to die long drawn out horrible deaths, mm-hmm. I would prefer a tsunami take me on day one. That is. I don't, it's not that I don't want to live or don't mm-hmm. want to survive, but if the purpose, the only purpose left in life is to survive, I don't, right. that's, that does not hold interest for me. Uh, and I'm still in childbearing age, but I certainly, if I didn't want to have a child under the circumstances of 21st century America, I'm not going to want to have a child, a geriatric child, by the way. I would have a geriatric pregnancy to save humanity in the Mm post-apocalypse. Like, no, that's not for me. So take me out on day one, is what I'm saying. (laughs) That's um, interesting because the Roger Romero admitted to borrowing liberally from Richard Matheson's book, I Am Legend. Right. Which was published like 20 Is years that the ago. name of the book? Yeah. Okay. I presume because Omega Man was made first, that mm-hmm. that was the yeah, name of the was book. A, there's a, there was three different movie versions of it. Okay. Last Man on Earth, right. it was Vincent Price. Then it was uh, the Omega Man. Yeah. And then I Am Legend. So they didn't, they changed the name every time except yeah. the third time? That's weird. Yeah, but, I but, presumed one of the originals was the name of the book. <laughs> and that film, that that book, the character, uh, I think his name is Neville. I haven't read it's it, fine. Read it in a long time. He um, he is the holdout. The entire world is now a different species. Yes. And he's a holdout, and that's why in the end he's the legend. It's like, oh, wait. They're the new life form, and I'm yes, like a right. dinosaur wandering around killing them all right. the time. He's the Neanderthal to the Homo right. sap- the new Homo sapien. And so in the end, he decides he needs to go. Because it's like, yeah, but there's nobody else. And it's a really sad kind of ending. 
Uh, Robert Neville is the character's right. name. So yes, yeah. Um, and it, it happens that way. It, it's uh, <laughs> yes, a white man holds out to be to be the last one standing. Well, what's weird in futility, is, unsurprising, which is why I kind of like the cast of casting of Will Smith, mm-hmm. even though right, Will he, Smith he is anger management fine uh, help. Uh, but he, uh, the the first film with Vincent Price, he does come to the realization. It does come to that realization that oh. I'm. I shouldn't be. I'm killing them all the time, and I'm their nightmare. I'm what right. they tell their kids about at night. Right. So w- why is what I'm doing good? Right. Or right. But uh, in the Omega Man, there's a. It's very different. There's. It's like. A, like the Will Smith version of. Uh, of uh, less uh, man on earth, where there's a community that he winds up saving, and in being Charlton Heston, it's done in such a really a dr- melodramatic way in that there was a cure that he discovered. Uh-huh. He injects it into his own blood. At the end of the film, uh, he's killed, but arms flung perpendicular to his body. Like Christ on a cross. Yeah. <laughs> blood flows into a fountain and they take the blood from the fountain. Oh, right. Right, right, right. And they're able to not a Jesus allegory at all. <laughs> right, exactly. It's not. It's very oblique. <laughs> but being you how, wouldn't get it unless you were deep in the religion. <laughs> being how many of those kind of like biblical epics like Ben-Hur and the Ten mm-hmm. Commandments, like we a story ever told that Charlton Heston did, it just seemed appropriate. Like, oh yeah, that's how he's going to end it. Yeah, right. Well, and he's like a whole situation as well. So, <laughs> So, all right, you want to start talking about the synopsis of this movie? It's pretty tight. Mm -hmm. There's not a big cast, because I I don't know if you heard me before, $125,000. And I bet, what, $60,000 of that was film? Uh, Probably. Film Film is is expensive as hell. Film and developing are really expensive. Yeah. So, we start Barbara and Johnny. Mm-hmm. And I just need to start by saying, fuck Barbara, I hate her. But we'll, <laughs> we'll get there. Really? Because usually it's like, fuck Johnny. No, fuck Barbara. Well, I, J- Johnny, Johnny, we hardly knew ye. <laughs> he did die very quickly. So Barbara and Johnny drive to the cemetery in rural Pennsylvania. They're visiting their father's grave on behalf of their mom, who can't be bothered. No, right. she's old and whatever. So, uh... They lose reception on the radio. They snipe at each other like siblings. Uh, they do a very good job of portraying they siblings. Do. I, I do like that. Uh, then Johnny mocks Barbara for being creeped out by this stranger, this man mm. in a tattered suit in the wandering through the cemetery. Uh, but jokes on him because that man in the tattered suit does uh, kill him. <laughs> does kill? Does kill Johnny? And Barbara runs to the car, uh, sands keys, and sort of rolls down the hill away from this shambling man in a tattered suit. Now, we were taught, we were watching this movie, and you were saying that hundreds, maybe thousands of actors since 1968 have, right. have, have hung their zombie performances 
on the shoulders of this man in his tattered suit and the way that he chose was directed. I don't know. I I wonder if he like had a, he'd done pantomime before or he was, you know, he had a really good sense of his movement. Yes. It was consistent and it was weird. Like it was jerky. Like he didn't have like, like only half of his joints worked. Several he or his brain was having locked. issues getting it to his yes, extremities. Yes, like his, the, 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 the further out on your extremities, right. the further away from your nerve center, which is your brain, um, it, it got the sort of less, like more more static, less yeah. uh, clear message went through, so much like that in radio. And she um, rolls down a hill, crashes into a tree on the driver's side, of course she does. So she has to climb out of the vehicle and she runs to a house, um, lets herself in, screaming for help, runs up the stairs and sees the corpse of a woman who has her face off. Face mm-hmm. off. Now, <laughs> when I was watching that with you too, I mentioned this is how you set up a suspense scene. Right? Mm-hmm. Something innocent, they're sniping at each other in the graveyard. Mm. She's sitting... Just about how long it takes to get out here right. and how mom doesn't come out and how once mom's passed, maybe we move them both back so that we don't have to make this trip. Like right, it's exactly. Just, it's and he, it's he comes very across as a banal. <laughs> right. And then he starts teasing her. Yes. That, so that's right. where the joke comes from. He's coming to get you, coming, Robert, with yes. his... his uh, so he actually Carlisle gets accent. up next to her, yes, and, and, and sort of leans down and over and yeah he's coming to get you barbara which he is in fact coming to get get you and also that boris karloff impression impression is from what i don't know if he's just doing the because another thing that uh, i read recently is is mummy zombie and i would argue yes (laughs) in the big zombie bucket right where we put Haitian, true Afro-Caribbean zombie, mm-hmm. George Romero, slow, slow yeah. walking or slow moving, dead ghoul, ghoul zombie, fast moving, you know, virus fueled <laughs> zombie or or cell signal fueled or radiation fueled mm-hmm. or there have been numerous right. versions of it. Almost a, a lot of times, though, it is some sort of biological agent right. introduced via either like you know meteor or yeah in this lab. case it was like a what is a satellite returning yes yeah yeah and i was surprised when i first saw it to find out this was a science fiction film i thought it was like a supernatural horror but no well even supernatural a lot of supernatural horror sort of wants to at least present the possibility that there's a scientific mm. basis even if it's like yeah in, on the radio, in the right. background, in a way that you don't really know. Very much like The Mist, yeah. right? <laughs> like, we opened a door. something happened. Yeah, Or Stranger Things. Like, mm-hmm. is that supernatural or is that science? Yeah. Yes? <laughs> the answer well, to the question is yes. It, it reminds me of Arthur C. Clarke saying at a certain level they're indistinguishable from each other. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Magic and yeah, we just don't understand. Science, Magic right. could just be what yeah, science we don't understand yet, right? Yeah, and that I think is what Doctor Strange posits. posits what a lot of people posit. So, uh, 
So she goes to this farmhouse. She freaks out because she sees this dead lady, and she's not uh, do- doing well. She looks outside and does see that the man in the tattered suit, which Wikipedia helpfully describes him as ashen-faced, and I'm like, this is a black-and-white film, and he's a white man. What are you talking about? But he is about? very pale. He is pale, but he's also got bags painted. Mm-hmm. Sort of, they hollow out his cheeks a little bit. He's definitely wearing makeup. But I just, I like the term ashen-faced for any Caucasian in a black and white film. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) we are gray, the color of ashes. Uh, Well, she is freaking out and doing nothing. This is Bill Hinsman, right? Oh, yes. That's his name. We should remember that name, Bill Hinsman. Thank you for... He is the prototypical zombie. Thank you for all the nightmares from my childhood. Uh, and this is when a man named Ben arrives, and mm-hmm. Ben is our hero, really. Um, there's some people in this movie that think they're the hero, but Ben is the hero. <laughs> ben is a black man, which mm-hmm. we were talking about. This was an open casting call. It was yeah. not written as a black character. I don't think they probably changed anything once they hired a black man. Right. Um, he's uh, level-headed he um immediately when he comes in he's like well we need to board this place up and make it secure so ben comes in mm-hmm. and he immediately is like get some wood help me put things together barbara is basically catatonic at this yeah. point she says her name i think he does he does get her name out of her and she talks about how johnny has the keys but she's just not being There's no clear. context for it, she's so he has also no idea not what she's, she's saying. doing anything. Right. And she continues to not do anything for the rest of the movie. That is why I cannot. I'm like, the character that you've decided to have from opening credits through her death mm-hmm. is Spoiler a useless... Alert. She's going to die. Yeah, everybody... Hey, guys. Everyone we're going to talk about is going to die, except... Two people. <laughs> um, th- they. She's just absolutely useless. There are other women in this movie. Uh, they are less useless. Mm-hmm. But this woman, I, I can't. I, I, I don't understand why. We. I, it felt like. There was an attempt to be realistic with the with the notion that not everyone's going to be able to come up to you. Sure. Yeah, but it's this character. But don't make her the, right. the main woman that I see mostly. And every time I see her, I am just frustrated with her, and I want to slap the shit out of her. And guess <laughs> what? Ben does slap the shit out of her, and it is fucking satisfying. So Ben is played by Dwayne Jones. Mm-hmm. He was an unknown stage actor. His voice is awesome. Yes, he's from the Tony Todd, William Marshall School oh of God, Black yeah. Actors with Beautiful Voices. I just read me all the stories. He's so, so good. Uh, he, uh, in a 1969 review, I'm so sorry, everyone, was referred to as a, quote, comparatively calm and resourceful Negro. And I'm like, okay, first, everyone is comparatively calm compared to Barbara. And second of all, that is selling him so short as to be yeah. uh, ludicrous. See, 
<laughs> what I felt was, this is 1968 when the film is made, right? It is. This is a couple of years after the Watts riots. It's a couple of years after a lot of the social activism that was going on, or had started, rather. And so you had people who were in the black community who were sharp and on top of things and knew how to survive when the shit went down. Because they had to. They had to. Because they were surviving in a world where shit was either constantly going down right. or could go down at any moment. And so this guy, I see Ben as like a product of that environment. Yeah, which is why I like movies like Attack the Block and stuff, mm-hmm. where it yeah. is an urban horror movie, because these are people who typically are at least can think fast on their feet. They have to. Yeah. And so because of that, and it's... it's uh... Meanwhile, I guess Barbara has lived in a big house for her whole life, and has had a manicured lawn and um, yeah. nannies, and now she can't <laughs> it's do hard, shit for herself. It's hard not to see this as a very clear message about who survives and who doesn't. Which is wild, because, because it, it wasn't, it wasn't intended. intentional. Right. <laughs> right. But it, it's interesting how just tweaking something a little bit puts it into a different context. So then, so Judith O'Day plays Barbara. So now we have Barbara... And who was 23, and I gotta tell you, looks older than that. Maybe if she looked that young to me, mm-hmm. I would cut her more slack. She looked like a 35-year-old woman. I think that you're also looking at her styling and her clothing and mm-hmm. everything, and it calls back another generation to you. Yeah, maybe. But she didn't. She wasn't. She didn't even seem to be dressed in a youthful style for 1968. She was dressed. Now they were both dressed up to visit a grave, which right. please, I do not understand. Especially if you have to drive several hours each direction, wear comfortable clothing. <laughs> like what the fuck? But I guess people dressed up more in the 60s. I don't know. Now I'm like, don't put on... I'm wearing jeans for the first time in a while today. So I, I maybe I'm not the one to, to say anything. It's your um, birthday. She... Um, okay. Then uh, what happens? So they start, like, boarding up the windows... Um, he pulls off interior doors to put across exterior doors. Very mm-hmm. smart. Uh, I'm like, he's fortunately in this house, finds very big nails because you will need a very big nail to nail through a whole door into a wall. And, yeah, into a door frame and things like that. It's that, that must, I don't, well, maybe they have them on farms. I've, I haven't been on one in a farm in a long time. And then, so Barbara is catatonic on the couch. Uh, ben is putting things, uh, you know, trying to reinforce mm-hmm. still and keep, still keep an eye on the activity outside because right. there is this gathering horde. We don't know that term yet, but that is what's happening outside. And then suddenly, Harry Cooper and Tom come out of the cellar. So this is these. This is where I start losing track of names. I don't. Harry is the man with no hair. Harry is the man with no hair. And he Tom looks is like the young Rob Corddry. He look to Harry looks like Rob Corddry. Uh-huh. Tom is a young kid with a bowl cut and yeah, muscles, I guess. Like he was he's the the 
high school football player or the captain of the football team. That's what he looks like. Yeah. And they are local to this area, which uh, neither Ben nor Barbara are. Right. And um, Ben originally was, he's driving a truck that he found and was running out of gas. Mm. And, and he saw a gas pump behind this farmhouse, which, what? But that's apparently a thing. Probably for a happen. tractor or something. Yeah, maybe. That's a gas pump on your home property. Seems ludicrous to me. I don't, however, live in rural eastern United States. So that might be a relatively common thing. Certainly in 1968, different times. I don't know. So that is what he was aiming for, was the pump. But it's locked up. So then he came to the house and he has now barricaded He was looking for keys at that point, yeah. Yes. Well, he was planning on looking for keys. But first, let's get this place safe. Now, Harry and Tom are in the cellar because uh, Harry has decided that that is the safest place to be uh, and will keep fighting about that the whole time. Uh, but there's a big fight about there are so many windows and doors up here, you're gonna get, they're going to come in and you're going to be trapped or, and you're going to be killed. In the cellar, there's only one place you have to, you know... Mm-hmm. Uh, barricade and protect. And I'm like, yeah, but if they get through that one place, you can't get out. There's no exit. There's only entrance. Uh, which is one of Ben's, like, mm. concerns. Also, down there, you can't see what's happening outside. So if they set fire to the house upstairs, you're, you're going to die down there. You would never know. You wouldn't be able to get out. I don't think that comes up, but that was my thought. Mm. I was like, yeah, you want to keep an eye on what's happening. And I don't know that they if they can start fire or what would be up. They don't like fire. We do learn that. Right. They could start one accidentally. They could. They'd knock the thing down. They're not paying attention. I think there's also the, um, the threat. Uh, as Ben points out, there's a television upstairs. Uh, yes. There's a radio. There's a radio. Downstairs. Yes. And all the tools they can use are right there. So if you can put that as a last resort before you run in the basement, that would be best. Yes, you, you block mm-hmm. until you get, and then right. the cellar is your last stand. Right. That's that's how you do it. However, we, Harry... We talked about this when we watched Travel Wait. We, right. we laid out the whole situation. It's the same type of situation. When your house is attacked, what do you do? Uh, and if you've got a cellar, you've got to have a cellar. We don't have a cellar. We'd be fucked. Well... You figure something out. We've got an entrance in the front and an entrance in the back. Um, of steep stairs upstairs. that hopefully zombies can't uh, they yeah. can't climb. Be like the coordination to get up. There once. we go. Especially the back one. Oh yes. Uh, so also with Tom and Harry is Tom's or Harry's wife Helen and their daughter Karen who has been bitten by one of these monsters, y'all. Everybody knows that's not a good sign. These people don't necessarily know that. But they probably suspect that's bad. Uh, And she's not doing well, has been unconscious the whole time they've been there. And then Tom is there with his girlfriend, Judy. After And they got there after hearing an emergency broadcast on the radio. Uh, about a, serial, a series of brutal killings. So these things are roaming and murdering. Uh, the the Cooper family, Harry and 
uh, Harry and Karen and Helen. Is it Harry, Helen, and... Yeah, Harry, Helen, and Karen were driving in their car and were overcome by a a mob of these things. Mm. And that's how they got there. So then there's this big fight where Harry is like, cellar, and Ben is like, house, and then they fight, 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 and then they sort of separate. (laughs) They're like, you stay in the cellar and I'll stay in the house. Fine. And they continue to get sort of besieged by these ghouls outside, and the numbers keep getting bigger and bigger. They're getting hourly updates on the radio, which pisses Helen off, by the way. Helen and Harry have been down in the cellar, and she comes out and is like, there's a radio up here, and we can get information? Yeah. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> she was not happy, and that that reinforces Ben's point. If you don't know what's going on, you won't know if there's an all-clear, you won't yeah. know if... You're just, are you planning on living down there forever? Yeah. Like, what is happening? And they listen to the radio, and... So there are just these reports of waves of mass murder across the entire eastern coast of the United States by an army of cannibalistic, reanimated corpses, and there are posses of armed men led by, you know, sheriffs and... Deputies. Yeah. Patrolling the countryside to kill them. Uh, They confirm that ghouls can be stopped with a bullet or a heavy blow to the head or being burned, as Ben discovered, and that various rescue centers are offering offering refuge and safety. So scientists are theorizing that the reanimations are occurring due to radiation from a space probe that exploded in the Earth's atmosphere on the way back from Venus. So these are Venusian zombies. (laughs) Um, So... Ben puts together a plan of refueling the truck that's out there because Tom cannot drive it. That was the other thing is Ben was unfamiliar well, with ben, the I think truck. He like he scrambled for it. Yeah. He knows that they'll we should mention uh there was an earlier attempt for the zombies to get in and he used fire to fire, drive. Fire, so he knows because, that they won't yeah. Yeah, he'd also fire. seen one of the, the cars that he was uh that was barreling down the freeway at one point on fire with these things on top of it, and they were terrified of the fire. Gotcha. So he, um, yeah, he... he uh, yeah, so they're like light torches to give us some protection right. from these things, and we're going to go out and get fill up the truck with gas and then come back to the door, and then everybody's going to get in, and we're going to go get some medical supplies and just try and get to this. Um, refuge center right, it, that is in a town that is 20 miles away. And or because like he's that. a local, he'll know where the refuge center is. Yes. So, uh, it doesn't w- work. Yeah, no. So, Ben and Tom go out, and then Judy, Tom's girlfriend, just decides, I'm coming too, because mm-hmm. the women in this film are dumb bitches is why but she comes to she doesn't she's not the one that wrecks it for for them though um they ride out to the pump uh ben is out um in front of the truck sort of with a torch trying to keep these things away while tom who said i got this has the key to the pump says you know it's like i can go get the i know how the pump works i know how the truck works i'll be able to pump some gas into this truck hey guys I don't understand why it's that hard, but maybe this is a time when people didn't pump their own gas. Generally, it could be the case because too, yeah. when Oregon took the 
the gas pumping out of the hands of service stations and into the hands of the drivers, right. like five years ago or whenever it was, fairly recently, people lost their goddamn minds and couldn't figure it out, which is wild to me because I was pumping my parents' gas when I was eight. <laughs> That's it's fine. It's not, uh, yo, it's not that hard. Your childhood stories <laughs> I'm not saying everyone should. I'm saying anyone can. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's not, I'm very smart. That's not why I can pump gas. So, no. like, it's really not a difficult thing to do. Right. Um, but maybe, I don't know. Private pumps are different, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that might be it, too, because Ben could barely handle the truck getting it there. Like yes. he was, he said, yes. yeah, I, I don't know how to drive this. Thing. I think maybe it was like a manual, and he, although yeah. I figured all of the cars in 1958 would be manual transmission, but I don't know. I don't. Yeah. But truck steering is very different also than car steering, which I did not know until I tried to drive my friend's truck in college, and I was like, I'm turning the wheel. Nothing is happening. What's going on? Uh, it's it's which is yeah, truck steering is a whole thing. Mm. Uh, and <clears throat> oh, torches and Molotov cocktails are Ben's um, weapons of choice to try and get them time and space. But Tom does end up splashing gas all over the place, and then. The torches and the Molotov cocktails do get on that gas. Mm. And then the truck does catch on fire and explode. And Tom and Judy do die. (laughs) Ben makes it back to the house on his own, breaks down the door because Harry has decided not to open it for him. Harry's a dickhead. Right. And uh, I believe then Ben does... Beat the hell out of Harry. Beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Which... Yes. And this is where we switch into what The Walking Dead is talking about, right? The Walking right. Dead, the title of the show does not refer to the walkers. The title of the show refers to the characters that you're following, the living people who are the most dangerous and uh, all really actually dead, y'all. Like, it's only a matter of time. That's the whole thing. So he does beat the shit out of him. And we see the the ghouls feasting on Tom and Judy. So there's more, excuse me, chance for gore. This movie, I guess for 1968, is probably extremely gory. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel that gory to me here in 2022. You, uh, I can make another suggestion. Yes. Why? Having the benefit of hindsight at my advanced age, I think the other thing that mutes the gore is the fact that it's in black and white. I'm sure. I mean, yes. because there are scenes of them literally ripping offal out of people. That's true. And if you saw that in color, it would be horrible. Yes, that's true. You're watching it in black and white, so it's just these sort of shapes. And these yeah, scenes. I'm sure that yeah. there are shots in this that would rival a, a bava. Mm-hmm. Or a um, Argento, Argento, but with the color taken out, it really drops it down several notches. Which is probably the only reason why it could get distributed here. In 1968, you didn't have to make a movie in in black and white. Right. You could absolutely have done this in color. Yeah. And so this is a choice that was made, not a 
He was factor. I mean, mm-hmm. I bet cost also yes, had something to do with that. I would guess that to film in color is more expensive than to film in black and white, and certainly it re- involves color correction and stuff in the post production. That I guess black and white films probably do have some color. They evo- they're yeah. they're going to change some saturations and contrasts, but it's not the same as tweaking every all the red, greens, and blues. Mm. RGB, yeah, those two colors. <laughs> when you have to think about color in terms of light instead of color in terms of pigment, your brain has to do different things. Your brain doesn't do any nope, of those it things. it doesn't. My extremely lazy brain. <laughs> it's not lazy. You just don't have to write no, colors and rods in your eyes. No, it just what color things are. Shit's breaking down now. Mm. We've lost two of our seven, right? We've got... We've still got Barbara. We've got, we've got Barbara, Ben... Harry, Helen, Karen, Tom, Judy. Tom and Judy just got eaten. So we had seven people in this mm-hmm. movie. Well, and Johnny. Johnny. So we have had eight people in this movie. Uh, we've lost Johnny, Judy, Tom. We're down to five. And Ben and Harry don't like each other. And I don't know if there is... I bet there's no racism on the page because this was written for a white man or just written for mm-hmm. it, it wasn't explicitly black and white and there isn't racism present verbally but I bet part of fucking Harry's problem is the fact that Ben is black the <laughs> it's ven- never stated right, it's the never venom said. with which Harry comes after him yeah. makes it seem like who do you think you are telling me what to do that's yes Right. And so there's a know lot your of place and this isn't mm-hmm. it. Which y'all, this is nobody's place. Right. <laughs> In a zombie apocalypse, everyone becomes equal. I don't. I don't understand. Well, I'm president. We're in a zombie apocalypse, so guess what? I don't give a fuck about your presidency anymore. Can you start a fire? Right. <laughs> Can you protect people? No. Then weirdly, I don't give a fuck about your title anymore. Same thing for you, salesman Harry, or whatever the right. fuck you are. Um, the We should say that while these are happening, we are getting takeouts, like shots from the vigilante, the posses. They're not vigilantes because they've been duly appointed, I guess. This is like the... National Guard, but it's not. It's just Bubba and Jim from down the street with whatever guns they have. And they are just walking through the countryside, taking out these things, which is probably exactly what would happen. Now, uh, they are making good progress. They're getting, they're giving updates to the news people. They think that they're going to be to these, to the place where the our survivors are trying to get to um by morning so they're in that area uh and they we do see them start to come upon the house and the area the the cemetery in the area that we know that our survivors are at and we're like yay they're going to be saved it's, i never thought that not even once <laughs> uh because the lead dude's a cop yeah. <laughs> i have no faith uh the ghouls start getting through, like, I guess all the fire and the chaos and the eating of the two men have reinvigorated, or the two other people have reinvigorated the ghouls. They do make a, an assault on the house. Well, there's more of them than massive. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Yeah, there's yeah. too many of them now. It's sort of like that scene in the birds where 
uh, Rod Taylor is sort of putting the um, the finishing touches on protecting his house, and he looks up in the sky, and there's just so many. It's like, yeah, this is not going to work. Yes. This is the best we can do for right now. Yes. Um, so they're breaking through the barricades, and in the chaos, mm-hmm. Ben shoots Harry. It's not an on-purpose, even though we'd like to believe it's an on-purpose. It's not. And he is he goes to the cellar, basically, to die. Uh, you know who else has died? It's his daughter downstairs, but she has reanimated. And what we have heard from the news is, if you die right now, you're going to become one of these things. Right. I guess if you're eaten to a certain extent, you don't reanimate because there is a corpse upstairs in this house and has been this entire time mm-hmm. that never reanimates. Right. Um, so, but she didn't have a face. So I don't know if there was more brain trauma that we weren't seeing that oh, yeah, caused them not trauma, to get up. Hitting them with a heavy blow or shooting them is how you get them. Is how you get them yeah, to, die to die or to stay still, basically, or to cut off their heads, which mm-hmm. is you know. It's hard to do, actually. It's hard to cut off somebody's head. Unless you have a katana, then I feel like it's easier. Or a lightsaber, but <laughs> they don't have either of those things. Uh, so Karen has died, reanimates, does start eating the corpse of her father before he reanimates, and then goes and stabs Helen, her mother, to death with a trowel as Helen looks on and does nothing. She when she dies, it's so frustrating because you're seeing her. The camera is in the point of view of Karen, the girl, mm-hmm. who then starts stabbing her mom. It's a, it's a, it's a very psycho-like right. um, stabbing scene. But she just is prone on the ground. She doesn't even put her arms up to protect herself. She's just like chest out to her dead daughter as her daughter just starts stabbing her with a trowel. And I'm like... It goes on, too. Uh, yes. It goes longer than it needs to, probably. And then finally, 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 after Helen has been killed by her daughter, Mm -hmm. Barbara snaps out of the shit that she's been in this whole time and finally tries to help Ben to keep the ghouls out of the house. But she is then taken aback when she sees her beloved brother, Johnny, who has come to get her. <laughs> and the other guy, too. And the other, yes. But um, but Johnny is, I think. Right. Johnny is probably what sort of unhinges her mind even further. Mm-hmm. And the horde is breaking into the house, and Ben finally takes refuge in the cellar. That's where he shoots Harry. And Helen's reanimating corpse so that he's not trapped in there with mm-hmm. um, zombies. And I believe he also probably... Where does Karen go? Does she? He kills her too? Yeah. He must. So, cause th- so now there are three actual dead bodies and Ben in the cellar. And in the next, the next morning... We see we're back with the posse, the armed posse. They've gotten to the the place where the house is. They are dispatching the ghouls. They seem to be making headway. Everything is going to plan. They're going to be at the refuge station, you know, shortly. They tell the news people to go on ahead and meet them there or whatever. And then uh, Ben comes out of the cellar 
and is looking out the window, and then he is shot by the deputy. Because, of course, he is. He sees movement in the cellar of the deputy, and he says, uh, I think I see one of them. We'll shoot him. Yeah, shoot him. And then the then the response from the, the sheriff is, nice work, or whatever. And then and they, then his yeah. body is thrown onto a bonfire with all, I don't want to call it a bonfire, a funeral pyre with all of the other ghouls that are there so, to keep them from reanimating and Just a, that for disposal. Just of still pictures. Yeah. At the end with people coming out with meat hooks and pulling them out. That was, yeah. Like yeah. A, that film. Yeah, it was, um, it felt like holocausts. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that was meant to I'm sure, that. yes. Uh, and that's the movie. The film has a lot to and say. And then it just stops. <laughs> that's just the end. It has a lot to say, and I'm I'm not sure, because even if Ben's character had been a white guy, yeah. it still would have had a lot to say about the generational generational differences between Harry and him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or the socio, or the I don't want to say socio. Yeah, I guess so. The economic differences. We don't even know. Right. Ben seems well off. He's wearing a polo shirt through this whole movie. He's, mm-hmm. you know, the '60s were a fancier time, as we spoke of earlier. But yes. <laughs> you know, he doesn't seem. You know what? What I mean is, I feel like. Harry's notion of, like, he's going to keep his family safe by basically just sort of building a wall around them. Or in this case, keeping them someplace in the dark. Mm. And there's a very kind of younger generation, older generation feel to it. There's a kind of, you know, because he's wearing a tie, right, Harry? Yeah, maybe. I don't remember off the top of my... I feel like everybody's wearing a tie until they aren't. Well, Ben is not at any point. Um, Let me see. Harry. He really looks like Night of the Living Dead. Um, really looks like Rob Corddry to me. You looked up Rob, Rob Corddry yeah, and confirmed that I was yes. right. Uh, no, he is in shirt sleeves, as they say. Oh, no, yes, he is wearing... I'm sorry. It's a pale tie on a pale shirt. He is wearing a tie. So it felt like there might have been sort of a class distinction. So aside from what Romero... Which is wild, because... Once again, it's a Sunday, everyone. It's a Sunday. Might have been coming back from church with his kid. There's a lot in this movie. And there's a lot of feeling with that with Barbara and Johnny in the beginning. Yeah. She's uh, kneeling, saying a prayer at her um, at the gravesite for her, da- her yeah. dad, right? Yes, her father. And uh, he, I was about to say her mom or dad. No, her mom's uh, back in Philadelphia. Right. Not visiting the grave. <laughs> Is that... Um, he goes, well, save church for Sundays. And then she's like, well, you never go on Sunday. And he's like, well, I'm busy. There's that kind of, you're pulling away from values from a previous generation. And you're going into these sort of values of a, another generation. And I think that might be the reason why Helen doesn't fight back against her own daughter. Like, she's too horrified by what's happening to do anything. Yeah. I'm just going to let her get this... Uh, uh, <coughs> tool and stab me repeatedly because yeah. I, I can't take this anymore. Yeah, there is that. Although, don't do that. Like, that... Hmm. At the beginning of this, we talked about my pragmatic thoughts about mm-hmm. the end of the world and how, yes, please take me first. 
I don't want to be stabbed by my own child with a trowel in the mm. chest. That doesn't, that's not the way no, that, that I'm going to go out. That was uh, not the way that I was hoping for either. Not to say that it might not happen, but I just think that, uh, no, Alex is a very gentle soul. Um, that uh, it's, this movie represents a whole shift in the dynamic of a culture. And I think that's probably why it caught on so quickly. The kind of intense violence is another reason why it caught on so quickly. Uh, yeah. I imagine that because I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood and I went to the school across the street, Manzina Elementary. And he, I don't know how these kids got to see this film. This is an elementary school. They would talk to me about it and they would say, they would never even refer to the characters' names. They would just go, the black guy beats the hell out the white guy. It's I mean, that's, yes. Which is what I was fixing to do. So I'm, you know. But it was really like. We've come a long way. They were sort of shocked that a black man got to take some autonomy back. Yes. And, and it's never, he's mm -hmm. not ever a villain. Yeah. But he doesn't get out alive. But he wouldn't have gotten out as a white man either because that character was always going to get shot at right. the end of that, that this movie. Like So it, it's it, there were so many reasons for this film to sort of like shatter what was like the consciousness of filmmakers in 1968. And I think it really led to the beginning of... It led to the end of things like Hammer Films, what they were doing. And American International, where they're doing these sort of Vincent Price or Peter Cushing or lead period horror films with beautiful costumes and bright colors and things like that. Those could be gorier because they were, you know, in color. Mm -hmm. But as you've seen, because I know we saw Horror of Dracula not too long ago, they were really lavishly done. There's beautiful colors and great cinematography yeah. and wonderful sets. And this was just, the black and white made it feel like a newscast. And so when this film made so much money, in the years afterwards, you saw the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. You saw a lot of low budget, and some of them I won't even bring up because they're awful. And then a, a major film like The Exorcist. Right. Which brought it up, we're doing this in modern times. It's very gritty looking. That film had a huge budget, but it was very gritty looking. It's a completely different aspect of, of horror. And... Um, and it changed everything. So this yeah. film was sort of the death of the post-cycle and the Hammer films and the beginning of something else. Yeah. And these were... Yeah, it's sort of a pity that it went, but it's this is... I, I wonder... Well, Hammer's trying to restart itself with things like The Women in Black and, right. like, literally restarting itself Yeah. It's, by reopening its... its uh, and I think it's because they saw that there was so much... Um, there was a lot of grounds for period horror still. When for sure. The Women in Black, or even when you're doing it, I think they took a lot of cues from, believe it or not, Harry Potter. That sort of gloomy, strange, atmospheric things creeping in the corners. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. Harry Potter borrows from literally everything, everything, mm -hmm. and not least of which because it is made by filmmakers yeah. who watch films like what other people have done and want to put their spin on whatever that yeah. is. So And and I of course I I love the the, the Hammer films, but it's like that kind of it was becoming old to audiences by that point. And this is sort of the dying out of it becomes this. Yes. Um 
and zombies are still going strong. Although oh now God. we're trying to put like um with things like warm bodies and things like yeah. humanity back in a zombie. Well, the warm bodies is really funny. I like that movie. Um but I think part of it is also that we've we've done everything we can. Yeah. You know, there was a comment that um uh was made by one of the uh uh TCM hosts. Yeah. Uh, when he was doing, um, covering I Walked with a Zombie, the Val Lute movie. Yes. And he says, uh, just remember that uh, something like 40% of all films currently in production have zombies in the title. These are all zombie films, or they're about zombies. Right. Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. And, right. uh, well, no, that's vampires in mine. But yeah, there was a, there's, yes, it's a lot. And that's why I, like, I'm good for now. Mm-hmm. I like things like warm bodies and things that add a modicum of humanity back into the zombie because a zombie is scarier to me mm-hmm. with a some thought, right? Rather mm-hmm. than just a mindless, it's moving at you slowly, right? Um, and will try and nom you when it gets to you, but is not in any kind of a particular hurry and does not really have a plan. It's just Right. Until it can bite on you. Um, and also scarier if there is a modicum of humanity still in there. If it's not just a corpse. If it is also maybe a person or could be a person again. Mm-hmm. That is a harder dilemma for anybody in the film or anybody in that experience. Right. To dispatch these things rather than just trying to get away. If there is a chance for healing, well, I think a return to normalcy for that thing. <laughs> one of the uh, films, zombie films that, or a series that I've appreciated lately was Zombieland. Yeah, because there's a lot of humor and there's mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of um, yes. Uh, I won't go on. The second film has a great surprise where you think someone's zombified and they're just having an allergic reaction. Mm-hmm. And so she gets abandoned in the woods, and they come back and find her perfectly fine. That was kind of funny, but um, but that film actually I uh, I liked because it has this sort of here's actual people, yeah, and they're making mistakes. They're kind of dumb sometimes, but you care about them, and you don't want to see them go. Right, but what they're fighting is dead bodies. What I do think is less than maybe realistic in this particular film is how quickly. They're just like, oh, we're just going to straight up kill. Like, we're just going to take these things. I feel like it would take people longer to turn the switch of this isn't a person Mm -hmm. that I am going to shoot in the face. I feel like it would be harder for people. Maybe I am giving people... Uh, too much credit. <laughs> it is I hope they deserve the credit you gave. Like them because, when yeah. we were talking about Full Metal Jacket and some of the la- and the language that is used during war mm-hmm. for enemy combatants, it's always dehumanizing, and that is so that you can kill them and then go on and have some modicum of a life afterwards without right. the fact that you killed human beings who are basically just like you and your fucking family. And then you're just supposed to go grocery shopping or whatever when you get home. Like, um, I think it would take more than whatever it is, one and a half days Mm. for people to be okay with 
the dispatching. And I, like, I think there would be religious groups that would speak up and say, these are yes. people. I mean, you see this in different pieces of The Walking Dead where they're, you know, people are like, we're, we're just going to herd them together and hold on to them until we find a cure or that is going to happen because those are, those are your friends and neighbors that are the bad right. guys, right? And in and, and this, they don't wrestle with that at all. No. It's not even and a it's, thought. It's also, it's a militia, right? Yes. So, I don't know, there was also a feeling... Maybe the people who sign up for that are the people who just give me mm-hmm. something to shoot. I'll shoot a cane, I'll shoot a, you right. know, a, 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 an escaped slave, I'll shoot... A zombie, like <laughs> whatever, whatever you're gonna let me shoot, I'm There's gonna shoot. Awful, like to me, the end of it, it does feel like you know these are guys who, uh, on the weekends where they weren't wearing their hoods and terrorizing people, just have an excuse now to go shoot things. Yeah. Yes. And and, and so, because uh, what care did that man take by saying, "I see something moving in the window," it's like, "Well, take the shot, kill it." Yeah. You, like, you, I thought you were here to look for survivors. Right. And there wasn't even a moment's hesitation. Right. Of maybe it's not at a distance. Mm-hmm. You know that they don't traverse distances quickly. Right. You could ask a question. If they don't respond, then maybe you shoot. But no, it's it's an instantaneous thing. Well, the, so maybe it's just a, a matter of the people that sign up are the people that would be cool with this. Mm-hmm. But that felt a little pat to me in this particular story just how quick we just go to why well, we just gotta go kill them. so overall <laughs> just go shoot our, these people in the head ask you this one and then uh, set them on fire <laughs> so did you find the film thrilling mm, thrilling is a hard word for me for this movie mm-hmm. because yeah it is the 150th zombie movie that i've seen or whatever we've seen it before it still wasn't the first zombie movie that i ever saw so for me no, thrilling isn't the word that I would use. But it's not boring. Uh, I think it belongs on this list. Um, mm. If if AFI is putting together... Like, it's not even, to me, the most thrilling zombie movie. But I come at it from a sensibility of being born, you know, 12 years after this movie was made. And you're also born into a world where this is just a genre. Yeah, and and yes, it's this isn't a new thing for me. This, I've had it forever because this was here twelve years before I was, and they've been doing it ever since, right. and they haven't really ever stopped. And so I, I don't know that there is a year since 1968 that there wasn't a movie, a movie with a zombie with zombies in it. I uh, I think that part of the issue is. Um, as I mentioned with my, my nurse uh, at the last hospital I was at, he couldn't finish The Three Musketeers as a book because he had read so many of those, uh, seen so many of those scenes ripped off in film, on television programs, that it's just like, I, I already know what's going to happen. And I think the issue with this, seeing this now at your age, at the ripe age of 41, as you were at the time, mm-hmm. um, you're seeing a story that you already know without having, you know, being real familiar with it. I will say, I'm looking at remakes and other mm-hmm. um, related films, because uh, I think the first of this style zombie movie that I can remember seeing is the one that's in the mall. 
Uh, Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Which is a very in color. It's in color. Is it? Is, it, is that also George Romero? It's George Romero. So the, he, that is my entree into these films, and mm. I think that movie is spectacular. Yes. You hate the end of it. Um, no, no, <laughs> that's there's a remake of that one too. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm talking about the the re, I'm talking about the recent one. Okay, no, the original one. Uh, mm. The, had a beat up ending, and they again where they leave the black man behind. I think it gets changed, but uh, but yeah, that other film. I just there was some places I felt it didn't need to go. We don't need to see the zombie baby. We don't need to see. Yeah, fair enough. We don't need to see the. Um, I, I like the zombie baby's a tough sell. Just how are we gonna do? Let's, let's not. We don't need to do this. And um, yeah, I hated the ending of it because it's like. When you said that uh, Ben, the Dwayne Jones, um, mm-hmm. who played Ben in this, had a Tony Todd voice, right? Have you seen the remake of this yes, movie, I did. directed and, by Tom Savini? Uh-huh. And I like it. Based on the original screenplay, including more gore and a revised plot that portrays Barbara as a capable and active heroine. I was going to bring that up. She's yeah. very good in the remake. And. Um, Romero says, "I correct like I. Mm. She was not a well written character, and didn't really portray like women generally very well. So he fixed it. And the role of Ben is played by Tony Todd in that yeah. movie. So, uh, yeah, I which I didn't realize when you said it earlier, but they do have similar vibes. They're big and they're tall and, and calm mm-hmm. and um, assertive in their." Speech calm patterns and calm, but you don't think you want to mess with them. No, Tony Todd is either um, a coroner or Candyman in my experience of Tony Todd. So uh, I don't fuck yeah. with him. No, uh, but yeah, that 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 remake I saw it once uh, at my mom's house. Oddly enough, well, I'm not sure. I was me and my dad were there, and uh, and that was really good. Because it's like, oh, Barbara gets her revenge, you know. Not revenge, but she comes back as a real character. And I, again, I understand that in any given situation, any emergency situation, there will be people who just fall apart. Oh, yeah, no. I was talking about, I was legitimately talking about Dawn of the Dead, the remake mm-hmm. from 2004. Not Dawn of the Dead from 1978. So based on the screenplay. So... George Romero wrote the nineteen seventy eight screenplay. James Gunn wrote the screenplay for the the mm-hmm. two thousand and four version, which is the first one of the of the Living Dead's mm-hmm. movies that I saw. And Zack Snyder directed it. So sorry, everybody, because I know that he's like a whole situation. But it's the one with Sarah Polly, uh, Ving Rhames, and Mackay Pfeiffer in it. And I like that movie very much. I did at the time. I have not seen it since I saw it. If that makes sense. So I don't know that I would still like it, but I feel like I would. I don't know. But that was more thrilling to me, too, because mm. I think there was a little bit of more speed involved in those zombies. That's yeah. the other thing. If you shamble towards me, I can shamble slightly faster away. <laughs> like, well, shambling I got. Running is going to be a problem. I didn't... Um... I I actually think this one holds up very well for me. I've always loved it because, as I said, it stages its scenes really well. Mm-hmm. 
you're coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, wait, he does come and get her. I'm going to intervene and save her. Oh, no, he gets bitten, and then he falls and hits his head. Yeah. So she's running downhill, and she's going to get to the car. Oh, wait, he has the keys. Yes. And then zombies breaking through the windows while she's yes. trying to get the car. Every, every part it's of a, it, it's a, it is. is really well structured. That's true. And the issue is that we've seen... I've just seen it a million times. Yes, so many And that's people. not on this movie. That's on... Yeah, that's time. on all the filmmakers who are just like, <laughs> hey, let's do that. It happens, but um, but yeah, it still works for me as a. Uh, I don't know, thrilling. That's weird to say. Thrilling is a tr- is the tricky yeah. term. I think it's good. I think it belongs on this list. I think if we're gonna do a zombie movie on this list, this mm-hmm. is the one to do. Right. So I'm glad that it's here and it's included. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. So next week mm-hmm. we're gonna watch something very different. Okay. A film I've never seen, uh, called Body Heat. Uh, I don't know where that's available. Let me do a quick check. In the meantime, do you have anything you would like to uh, recommend to people I to watch that maybe came out since 1958? Saw some movies with you guys uh, in the last week. We've watched a lot of movies, I guess, since I'm sitting we here did. on the couch. Yeah. Um, Death on the Nile. Death on the Nile. Which is... Pava. 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 I have yet to see the remake that Kenneth Branagh did of Order on the Orient Express. Right. You didn't see that? I didn't see the remake. I when did I? I saw it in a theater. You weren't there? You keep saying that you saw it with me, though. <laughs> I swear you were there, but, but um But yeah, it's it's a really... It's there's it's more of a humanized Poirot than I remember. Oh, interesting. From okay. the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has an amazing cast. And it has some really kind of... All of those movies have... Both of those movies right. have amazing casts. And yeah. the originals did, too. The original versions of these films actually had these really spectacular casts where you're like, oh, my God, what's he doing here? Russell Brand, Don French, Gal Gadot, Arnie Hammer. It's just... Jennifer Saunders and Letitia Wright. They're all very... Yes. I like her, and I like seeing her in other things than um, Black Panther. Yeah, she was... Uh, a, stuff. Although, give me more Black Panther. That works. It was a really good film, and it was beautifully done. Uh, the cinematography, and the uh, particularly on the boat. Uh, it looks... It looks really great. The... The mystery is slightly tweaked, I believe, from the original, mm-hmm. from what I remember, but it also at the same time had so much going on. It's like there's a reason why. And I don't want to give anything away. No, don't. You can't. Don't spoil it. It's, it's an Agatha like, Christie mystery. So right. there's a death on the Nile. That's, the, that's a bit of a spoiler. Although I will say that death happens relatively late in the film. 50 minutes into the film. I was something. like, why is nobody dead yet? What's going on? You seem kind of ghoulish yourself that night. You're like, is, is he going to die? Well, He's going to die. Promise is a premise, yo. <laughs> like, you said there was going to be a death on the Nile and no, what, there is, they are on the Nile. Right. Everyone's alive. <laughs> What's going on? But yeah, it was an interesting film with an interesting plot and the steps that get taken to cover up and change things are really interesting. At no point did I feel that they were false. 
Like I don't feel that they created something just to cover the tracks that they uh, left behind. Right. It, yeah. No, I I liked it a lot too. I I did I did get I did get gas wax who it did do the murders. Yeah. Fairly early in the movie. Well, I think you're supposed to, but <laughs> oh, the, okay. <laughs> at the same time, there's a lot of red herrings. I didn't figure it out on on Murder on the Orient Express, but I also was a person who didn't know what that story was before I went in, which I think I might have been the only one ever because that movie that there's been several movies that mm-hmm. book's been around forever. I had never read an Agatha Christie. I had no, I had no frame of reference, and I had no idea. So that's funny. And then I was like, "Ooh, is it going to be the same?" No, it's not. <laughs> but when you have a cast like this, you're like, it could be all of them. And there were some actual good, shocking moments to it. Um, there's a moment with the the wheel for a pedal boat turning and yeah. I, uh, that was like oh my god I didn't see that coming Yeah, and there was a couple of other th- it just worked out really well we have a roommate who uh, we've mentioned before and she we stopped the TV she went to go have a smoke or something and then she came right back and sat down and it's like no I want to see the rest of this now oh yeah she, she it was that compelling to where once mm. you got into it you're going okay what the hell is happening yeah and it is now available on HBO Max, which is where we watch it. Do you have a movie that you'd like to recommend? No, I have a TV show I would like to recommend. Show. Yes, so we were flipping around in our Amazon Prime, and yeah. we had gotten our Epic subscription previously for, you know, chapel weight. <laughs> so uh, that had lapsed, but there was like this, thumbnail and it was like hey you could watch an episode of this and so we watched an episode of this and then we watched another episode and then we watched the third episode then it said hey that's all you get for free the fourth one you gotta pay for and so we do have an epic subscription again for the show from now Uh, i'm so sorry that the only things that are coming out now are single word titles and you're gonna get them confused with other single word titles, we are also watching a show called Them. So this isn't Them. This is From. And From stars Harold Perrineau and a bunch of other people I've never seen before. <laughs> but I, he, him I know. And it is a sci-fi... Maybe. Slash supernatural thriller... Um, about a bunch of people in a town who, 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 um, I don't want to, I don't want to give too much away, but I don't want to not say stuff. So this is tricky. So there's a bunch of people in this town who are trapped in this town Mm -hmm. due to forces that are not understood. And at night monsters come and will eat you if they get you. So, similar to Night of the Living Dead, <laughs> uh, don't let them get you. These these monsters do, however, talk and cajole and uh, do other sorts of things to try and get you to open a door. So, it is a little bit vampire-y, a little, feels a little Salem's Lot-like, feels a little under the dome-like. There's a lot of Stephen King influences that could sort of build up to make this thing. 
Uh, we've watched nine of the ten episodes because the tenth episode comes out this coming weekend. So if you are interested in this thing, uh, I would recommend it very strongly. It's going to end on the, uh, what is the date? Uh, the tenth, uh, of April. Mm-hmm. And then that's a set of ten. I have not Googled to see if there's going to be a season two, so I don't know if it's even going to wrap up, but I am very excited to watch this last episode. And um, it's on Epics only. It's like an Epics... Right, exclusive. Ex- like, series that was made for Epics, or at least picked up and paid for by Epics. Uh, so we get it through our Amazon Prime Epics subscription. If you've never gotten Epics before, you get a 30-day free trial. You could definitely watch the whole of this thing in 30 days. <laughs> so try that if you want. Uh, but it's it's quite good dealing with, you know, w- the human dynamics of what's going on in this town and then trying to solve the answer of what is happening right. ma- and on a macro level. Um, and yeah, it's really good. I will say there is a character in here. Every time he comes on 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 the on the on the screen and opens his mouth to say a, a word, I do want to punch him real hard in the face. Um, that doesn't get better with the episodes. He is a rich tech asshole named Jade. <laughs> the actor's doing a great job. It frustrated me when I saw he was in all ten episodes. I'm like, oh no, he's not gonna die. He's gonna make it to the end of the season at least. Uh, so you know, be prepared for. There's that. <laughs> there's gore. Mm-hmm. There is um. So it, yeah, it's it's kind of hardcore. There's a lot of profanity, a lot of gore, because these things oddly they don't really eat the people as much as they well maybe they do what we see of what they leave behind are basically the shreds of a human being yeah so yeah. it's like maybe they eviscerate them and they just want the soft underbelly I don't know it's unclear we don't know what their motivations are mm-hmm. other than to nom on the humans right we don't know how the humans got there we don't know like, they all came from different places that's another interesting thing mm-hmm. um yeah, the lore of it is very interesting. It is from some of the people who wrote Lost. Mm-hmm. And so episode one, when as soon as I saw that, I was like, well, they're in hell <laughs> or so purgatory. Uh, I don't think that that is the case. I don't think but so it's not either. definitively right now not the case. <laughs> but I was like, well, I mean, that's going to be where I start from because you've decided to tell me it's from the people who brought me Lost, and I've seen that whole show. So <laughs> now I just presume they're one-trick ponies. Um, I miss Lost. So okay, so so I say from you say Death on the Nile. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think those are good recommendations. Yeah. Um, and next week, we're going to watch Body Heat, starring the sadly late William Hurt, who's just left us uh, within the three weeks, like three weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, and Kathleen Turner, uh, a film I have never seen at all, ever. I don't know anything about it. So, okay. uh, it's, it's um, yeah. I just read that it was written and directed by Lawrence Kasdan in his directorial debut, so that's exciting. Yeah. I do enjoy a Lawrence Kasdan, so so I'm looking forward to this. I I presume this is an erotic thriller because it's called 
body heat, and it was made in 1981, which is a time mm. when they were making erotic thrillers a thing that they don't make anymore. When you told me, because you made a mistake originally, you said, I think we're seeing Basic Instinct. I did say that. I'm like, and holy I cow. Was wrong. I, I don't know. And I am grateful that that is not Yeah, I don't know that movie ages well at all. And so I was like, when I, oh, Body Heat. No, I, 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 I've seen Body Heat once upon a time and actually liked it as a, as a film noir. Mm, okay. Oh, film noir. Nice. So okay. it's a neo-noir. It's in color, which noir people are so different. I need, uh, if I just watched a, co- a movie in black and white, I want one in color now. Yeah. So that works for me. Lots of flesh tones. Is that a reference to naked people? Have you just yes, made a reference to nudity? Actually, <laughs> I got you. I am picking up what you are putting down. All right. I think that brings us to the end of the episode. If you have questions or comments or concerns, you can reach us at latecomerspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook by searching for Latecomers Podcast in the search bar. And you can tweet at us at latecomerspod. I would like to remind you, please take all of your medicines. We would like to remind you, better late than never. never.